to the Exec MBA podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're actually going to feature two interviews I recently recorded, both with students in our class of 2020. Uh, the students are Executive MBA format students, Josh Cortez and Mike Winston. And I recently sat down with Josh and Mike to talk a little bit more about how they decided to pursue an MBA, what led them to Darden, and their advice for prospective students. So without further ado, here are my conversations with Josh Cortez and Mike Winston. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. All right. So for our listeners at home, tell us just a little bit more about you. All right. Well, I'm, as Brett said, 2020 EMBA member, part of the Charlottesville cohort, and I'm from Texas. from very Texas family, um, and I really uh, have really only ever worked in advertising and marketing. So, advertising background uh, and, and and politics actually. So it was politics and advertising. Uh, right out of college, politics, and then the past few years, I've been working in advertising. So. Was an MBA something you had thought about for a while? Is it something that uh, was a relatively recent thought for you? It was something that I was pushed to right out of college uh, by family members and by different mentors. You just need to go ahead and knock this out right now. I mean, the stubborn person that I was, I wanted to go live life and enjoy, you know, the working world and not having to do school. And so I... I really put it off for a little bit. And as I started to rise within my industry post-political life, I started to really see that there's kind of a glass ceiling in certain industries. In order to rise past that ceiling, you really need to have an MBA. Most recently in the class uh, or in the, in the position I am in now, I'm the only one on my whole team that doesn't have one. Everybody else has top-tier MBAs. And uh, I currently don't have one. So I should be grateful that I'm there. But it also was really an eye-opening moment to me to, to, to think about, well, you know, this is something that's not within your quiver of talent right now. And it would be it, it, it's either now or never to go ahead and, and start the process. Uh, so there's a lot that goes into these programs. And I'm not sure if, you know, I'd be able to do it further down in life. Um, and I really wanted something that was a good fit for me. So uh, how did Darden get on your radar? So I've always been a big fan of UVA. Uh, Virginia was one of the few out-of-state schools that I applied to, uh, just as a great reputation as a culture and as an institution. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go into why it's always been interesting to me. But uh, Darden, when you take outside of even just the Virginia mystique that it has, uh, the the Darden program itself. Is just very highly regarded uh, in many different industries, even out in Texas. Uh, people think very highly of the Darden School. So it was already on the radar uh, for me. Uh, I, I already uh, was very much attracted to Charlottesville, uh, the city that, you know, has so much uh, culture and there's a lot of things to do. I like to be outdoors a lot. There's a lot of hiking uh, that's involved. Coming from Austin, uh, Charlottesville is a little bit more of a microcosm of kind of what Austin used to be—a sweet little college town in the in the hills—and that's something that 
really drew me. Darden also has a great reputation for having great teachers. Uh, one of the number one schools in the country for teaching. Um, it's been ranked several times that way. And then the case study method was also very compelling. Uh, being a little bit more of a qualitative guy, uh, learning by word problems and learning, learning through stories is much more uh, compelling to somebody like me than being in a classroom situation that was just lecture and regurgitation. So for me, that was that was a lot more compelling. Um, but the Darden brand is, is honestly one of the biggest factors that uh, that motivated me to apply. So um I'm curious when you think back on maybe your expectations for the program and now you're in quarter four and things are moving right along. Uh, what's been surprising to you about the program? I've been surprised at the amount of questions and situations I've been put in that if you had asked, if you'd given me a little bit of a glimpse into the things and the problems and the situations that I'm able to handle now, and if you had told me that in the very beginning, I probably would have been probably scared, not because of their difficulty, but more so in my ability to be able to step up and handle them. Um, I don't know if I had necessarily all the confidence that I've been gaining being in the program with some of these um, more, you know, challenging um, simulations or um, more, you know, uh, more difficult problems that, you know, that I've had to chat to, to, to solve. And what's been really what's been really rewarding in this process is me looking back and seeing where I was in that first week and now thinking about how far I've made it. Um, that is, that's ex extremely rewarding for me. Uh, the other, the other couple of surprises for me have been how easy it has been to work with the staff and the faculty here. Um, I mean, I thought to a certain extent, yes, it'd be engaging, but even for an executive program, I really don't know. Um, of many others that would be able to, to, to give the amount of time and dedication that are given here at Darden between the, uh, between having, you know, ideas for things and people on staff being like, that's a great idea. Let's sit down and talk about it. Let's figure out how to implement that. Uh, there's a lot of flexibility here that I honestly wasn't expecting, especially after such like a an, an older program that is well renowned. You would think you know they'd be kind of set in their ways, and they really aren't. They're very flexible and open to ideas and to opportunities that come along the way, and uh, that to me has just been very pleasantly surprising. Um, and uh, that's something that's that's really endeared me to the program. So you feel like the program is making you better as an employee? The program has been making me better as an employee. My actually, I, I wouldn't say I was much of an Excel guru beforehand. And the other day, uh, my boss was noticing how fast I was being able to, to build this spreadsheet. We were doing it kind of in real time because we needed to get some things worked out for our client. And I was just powering through building this, this spreadsheet for him. He's like, wow, he goes, you've been taking night classes. He was joking. Uh, but uh, I actually, you know, I didn't go into all the details, but yeah, I, I have been learning a lot. You know, the confidence in being able to speak um, more knowledgeably about certain situations um, and being able to, to read budgets better, uh, being able to speak more to um, workflow processes. 
and also for me, uh, being able to ask intelligent questions in a way that's insightful because I've been trained so much to do that here at Darden, um, to be able to speak up and ask very, uh, not only insightful questions that make people think, but also, you know, very pointed questions that are, um, um, that are directed in a way that uh, get to the point, don't bat around the bush. Um, it, it's, it's, it's something that I've been able to take into the workplace and have been able to um, utilize in my professional life currently up in New York. So when you thought about the case method, you noted that the learning experience was attractive to you about, about Darden. Sure. Um, how have you found the case method has shaped your learning. So for those who are listening to the podcast, who are less familiar with the case method. Essentially at Darden, you uh, will do some reading. Uh, the reading will be narrative with a, maybe some problems, some questions you to think for you to think about prepare individually. I work with a team to get ready. And then you come to class and you have a discussion about what should be done essentially. And so uh, that's the case method in a nutshell. Um, so how is that, you know, how do you feel like it's, it's contributed to your learning? How has it made you better at, at some of these things? That's right. I, I think taking a story, which is so much more relatable to real life. Uh, here's a situation. Here is a protagonist. Here's the problems that they are tasked with solving. It's so much more relatable to things that we have to deal with in real life. All right, here are what you're given. Here's your tool to solve them. What are you going to do now? Uh, that's that for me is much more. Um, uh, there's there's it's there's a better chance for me to be able to implement that and to use that in the real world because as a learner personally I don't know if I'd be able to take just you know a lecture that I did not prepare for and I just kind of sit through and maybe zone out uh, and then you know take that and use that in the real world. One of the things about the case method and preparing for it is you have to come to class with a working knowledge or at least know to a vast majority of what's going to be taught. And if you don't know, you already have your questions ready. Here's issues that, you know, we hit sticking points. Um, and uh, you've already kind of had to prepare in a way that when you are called upon, you're able to answer to. So for me, just the motivation of not wanting to seem like I don't know what I'm talking about in front of my classmates has pushed me to learn a lot more than maybe I would have if I was in a lecture setting. Uh, and there's a lot of opportunities, you know, there's several times where the professor said, you know, this may not be the right answer uh, or, hey, you know, there's no real good answer. We're still trying to figure this out as an industry. What are y'all's insights to be able to help solve this problem? Where can we go with this? And you learn from people that work in consulting and government. I work in marketing. Um, getting all these different insights into a process uh, and how that all works and melts together to be able to get an answer or at least a workable solution for the time being. Uh, that is, that's incredibly insightful because I get to hear from uh, the PH, there's a PhD student in our class. There is also somebody that's a physician. You know, there's people that work in nonprofit industry. There's people that are in the military um, getting everybody's insights to these things is in, in, incredibly insightful, um, and it adds to the overall learning experience. You're right about the case giving you context for how you might use something in the real world, right? Because it's essentially like this is you are the company. All of a sudden, you are the you know the directors of the C-suite or you know the the leader that has a decision to make. 
so that when you find yourself in that situation or a similar situation at work, you're like, oh man, I remember how we thought through this. Yeah. I've seen this before. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, what has been your favorite thing about the program so far? I, mean, I would say probably the relational aspect of that, of, of, of the program, uh, between the, uh, professors and between people on missions team that we actually got to see and know face to face in that first week, uh, the relationships I've made with my classmates. But one of the things that's really impacted me is how far people will go to help you here, whether it's the CDC people in the career services department who have stayed with me late after class is finished, you know, into the evening, figuring things out with my resume, been available almost all hours. Um, one of them I was working with late into a Friday night uh, because I had a deadline on something I needed to turn in. And he made it very clear we were going to take the time and we were going to work through it as a group, uh, just me and him. And that that is something that I did not expect um, the, the, the length the professors go to, to make sure you learn the content, the, the teaching methods that they use, um, the, uh, um, even some of the, the prompts that they'll use or some of the situational, um, role plays they use. You can tell they really care and they're really invested in your learning the, uh, the, the uh, the subject matter and what and what is it what is a class we're trying to get through together. Uh, there's been several professors here that I've immediately afterwards you know called my mom who's also a college professor and I would call and say you, you have no idea the effort that has gone into our learning today that the professors did. Um, they go above and beyond for you to learn. So um, I'm I'm curious. You, know, you mentioned the relationships that you formed and and all that you've accomplished thus far in the program. I'm curious about, you have about a year plus left in the program, which is a little bit hard to believe. You know, it's uh, flying by. Um, what is on your list of, these are the things that I absolutely want to accomplish before all of this is over. Well, so I was recently voted to be social chair of our class. Uh, and I really want to be able to use that to help bring a, a little bit of diversity of thought, um, not just in, in parties or like social excursions, but also in uh, on-grounds learning. So last night, actually, uh, we brought in um, a speaker who works with human trafficking. He's the, uh, the chairman of the Human Trafficking Institute here in C D.C. And he was able to speak to our cohort about uh, how things to look out for in working abroad with uh, companies or partnerships that may or may not have human trafficking in their process uh, somewhere in their, in, in their business, you know, model there, they may unwittingly have, you know, a vendor that employs people that are being held or being worked for very low wage or for no wage at all, especially when dealing with international organizations. So he was incredibly insightful. First of all, Darden was really great and accommodating. When I had that idea, they said, yes, let's bring him in. Let's have the students listen to him. So that was one thing that, you know, talks to the Darden flexibility in, in anything that we can learn as a group they're open to. Um, but also, I'd like to be able to have more opportunities like that, uh, where social justice and how that meets the business, the business world um, is able to be explored. Uh, there's a couple other ideas that, that we've had as a group, you know, as a team and as, as, as a cohort. How are we able to, to, to be able to help, you know, uh, 
enhance uh, the Darden on grounds experience as much as possible in ways that maybe other classes haven't. Uh, and uh, we're, we're really open to that. There's a lot of very uh, eager uh, students that want to see success, not just with each other, but also success overall for the school and its endeavors. Uh, and so I think that's part of the buy-in that you really experience as an EMBA here that maybe at some other places you wouldn't. There's a lot of buy-in here into saying, all right, as a group, how are we going to accomplish this? How are we going to really make a mark, not only in our institution, but how is our institution and as a brand, are we going to make a mark in the space? So um, that's something that Darden's very open to, um, something really encouraged by. And uh, I'm looking forward to see where we go as a class. I really do think the class of 2020 can really make an indelible mark uh, on uh, Darden, the Darden School. And um, I know it's going to make a, a mark on us, but uh, I can't wait to see where we go and where we're going to be sitting um, in about a year's time and the things we've been able to accomplish together. Well, Josh, uh, I should let our listeners know that you took time on a, on a Saturday night of a weekend residency to record this interview and deeply appreciative of, uh, after a long day of class, uh, sitting down, talk with me a little bit more about your experience. Well, it, it, it's something that I wanted to do. You know, um, I think it's, it's definitely worth letting other people know my experience, what I've enjoyed and hope they, uh, make the right choice and include Darden in their, uh, their list of opportunities to, to get their MBA. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for having me. And that was my conversation with Josh Cortez, an executive MBA format student in our class of 2020. And now, as promised, here is my conversation with Mike Winston, also an executive MBA format student in our class of 2020. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate it. All right. So tell us just a little bit more about you and your background. Sure. So in my current position today, I work for a global telecommunications company. Um, and I'm the VP of finance and tax. And so my responsibility includes overseeing all the, the tax operations of the company. Um, it's a pretty unique company. You know, we're growing fast. Um, and in that type of company, high growth, you get to wear a lot of different hats. Um, so in my time there, I've been there almost four years. I've gotten the opportunity to obviously lead the tax department, but also heavily involved in the accounting close process as well as helping scale the finance operations. Um, and that has all stemmed from my background, kind of hardcore business background, if you want to put it that way, from undergrad, um, bachelor, of, you know, bachelor of accounting or bachelor of science in accounting, um, economics, finance, then got my master's in taxation. So my whole kind of background is full of business and that's kind of where I am today. I imagine with that background, uh, you maybe thought about an MBA for a while. Was it always part of your plan, something that you realized a little bit later that you needed to do? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I've always enjoyed learning. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, I'm not the best student. I wouldn't call myself that, but I just like learning a lot of different topics. Um, and so, you know, when I was in school, it was, it was interesting. I was only a finance degree. And then I started taking econ courses and really got interested in that. And so said, Hey, why don't I just take some more economics degrees and ended up taking enough to, to get that, that, uh, that, um, degree. And then, you know, I kind of backed into, didn't, wasn't ready to really leave undergrad. And so the natural, um, 
step was to pick out another degree, which was happened to be accounting. And so with that type of course, you know, I just really got interested in, in business. And so, um, you know, or fortunately, I started working at a public accounting firm. Um, and from a con- consulting perspective, you get to see a lot of different businesses. Um, and for me, that learning was always interested in understanding how do they operate? Um, you know, tell me about your business. What, what service do you deliver? Those questions really got into my mind as I was in that, that big four um, arena. And so for me, the next step was just always about, I want to learn more about business. I want to learn about the, more about the, the macroeconomic impacts and just different industries. And so the MBA made sense and it was kind of always in my back of my mind. Um, but then life happens. Uh, you know, I got married at a relatively not young age, but, you know, 26 and then had my first daughter after that. And then, you know, two more. And so the MBA always got put on the, the back burner. But then um, in my role today, currently, um, you know, the company was like, hey, you should think about getting an MBA. Um, and so, again, it stoked my interest. And here I am today. Yeah. So how did Darden get on your radar? So, you know. Being in the D.C. area, you know, my CFO, uh, he went to Darden. Um, it was, so we were on a train up to New York together, and he said, you know, I know you've always been, you know, interested in getting an MBA. Why don't you go get one? But, again, with work, family um, in the D.C. area, there's only a few options. Um, and then talking with him, obviously being a Darden guy, he was like, you have to think about Darden. Um, and then, you know, my CEO is also from, you know, Harvard Business School graduate. And so talking with them more, it all became about the case study. That was kind of the, the, the theme that you heard is, you know, it's the best way to learn. Um, it's the best way to, to get exposure. Um, and so Darden was really kind of, I was all in at that point. Mm-hmm. So now you're here as a student. Uh, you are in quarter four. Um, can you believe that? It's going by pretty quickly. I, I will say that. I mean, the... The pace of life, just as you have kids and, you know, in this phase of, of your career, now I'm 35 years old, things just start to move pretty quick. And so, yeah, no, I was talking with our, you know, other members today and it's or other students and, you know, basically a year from now, we'll, we'll be teed up to graduate. I mean, it's May 2020 and here we are in March. So one more year and, you know, it's, it's flown by, certainly. And I think that's a testament to, you know, one, just the, the level of, you know, how deep an immersion the executive format is. Um, certainly, you know, residential, that's all you do, right? That you live and breathe your MBA, but it's the same thing with, with the executive format. It, it's, it's so immersive, the, the, the cadence of the classes, the cadence of meeting with your learning team, the cadence of coming on grounds, it just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. And so it goes by very, very quick for, for sure. So you obviously had uh a couple of bosses who were really passionate about the case method. You've learned in the case method now for, for several months. Um, how have you found it? For me, you know, having come back from a, you know, a very business background, like a lot of the other students, you know, they've never been exposed to business per se. But for me personally, I, I've seen a lot of business in, in, in terms of in different industries, different clients, um, and have a very heavy accounting and finance um, background. So, I really wanted to understand from the perspective of real life situations. Okay. How do you put me in a situation and let's think about how to, you know, solve that problem. Um, and, and I think the beauty of the case method is that oftentimes there, there's no right answer. Um, 
it, it's, it's a gray area. Um, and, and that's where the case method just lends itself to that, that open discussion where, you know, often from my experience, I, I come in and say, oh, this is how I would approach and solve this problem. Um, but then it's a testament to the diversity of the, of the students and they all bring their unique experiences and perspectives um, that say, you know, we should approach this uh, problem and, and, and analyze it from another perspective. And the case method, because it's so fluid and it's really an open discussion between yourself and your peers um, with the, the talented faculty, obviously guiding that discussion and, and keeping it, I would say, on track. Um, it, it's really opened my eyes to, to question, you know, some of my internal, I'd say, beliefs and, and views um, because, you know, certainly I think one of the most potent cases that we've talked about, and again, from, from wearing my hat of all about business, it's, you know, our businesses about profits or, and the, the shareholders or our businesses about, you know, the stakeholders, a larger community. Um, you know, coming in, I would have argued I am all about, you know, the bottom line. What are, what is the value to the, to the shareholders? And, I think, you know, a lot of the the discussion from other peers is like, no, you have to think about the community, you have to think about the employees, um, you know, it's more than just the bottom line. And there was a very, very good discussion and back and forth with a lot of different views and opinions. Um, and I found myself during that type of discussion really like being pulled and, and trying to figure out, you know, maybe I, you know, don't, you know, my, my belief or the way I approach this coming in isn't the right um perspective. And, and it's not because, again, there's a right or wrong, but it just really fundamentally challenges how you you think about things and, and it changes your perspective. I think if you had a lecturing professor uh, or if the, 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 the courses were taught just lectures, um, it wouldn't give rise to that type of, you know, I'd say personal reflection um, and really challenging what, what do you believe and, you know, a lot of these cases, too, you know, you wouldn't think they'd be able to be taught in a case method, um, you know, as you get to the accounting and some of the more raw, I would say, technical courses where you're trying to understand finance, you're trying to understand economics. But that's been the biggest surprise as well is, you know, those which you would initially think would have a, a right or wrong answer. It, it's the same situation. So for me, the case method has really been, I would say, enlightening and facilitating that facilitating that personal growth. Have those been the most surprising things to you about the program? I'm always curious about what, you know, you're now a few months in, uh, what's been surprising or, or really kind of been like, huh, I, I didn't expect that. Yeah, I think it, it is, you know, the the growth that you go through, you know. You again. I, I come from uh, you know thirty five years. That's thirty five years years of experience and interactions where that have molded my my thinking. And you wouldn't expect within four months. You know, I'm really challenging the way that I view the world and you know different people and just how you know I have approached things in the past. And I think it has been. You know, that's been the most um, I would say surprising thing is how quickly. I see myself and my thinking really transforming. And again, it's learning, not necessarily that the technical side, that that's certainly part of it, but it's more, how do I approach my interactions with people? How do I see them? How do I uh, challenge my biases um, that I had coming in? And it's really, I'd say, making me a better person, a better father, hopefully a better husband as well. Mm -hmm. So um, do you feel like it's making you a better employee at work? Can you feel how the program is, is shaping your perspective in the day to day? Absolutely. I mean, I think the first thing 
for me, that was very evident is just going through and just seeing, wow, it's like the leadership team at my company, they are really following, you know, these, uh, I would say business school fundamentals, what they teach you, you know, what, what is the purpose? What are the values? Um, but more important, I think the growth has really come on the leadership perspective. When you lead a team, um, again, these cases really challenge you to put into situations where you say, what would I do in that position or in that situation, especially from a, a leadership perspective? You know, how do you manage your employees? How do you provide feedback? Um, but then when you have other students providing that perspective, that's maybe not in line with alignment with yours. You really step aside and, and start to reflect, you know, is that the best way um, to do something? Is that the best way that you approach a situation? So. For me, the real impact at work has been how I lead a team and how I more so interact with them at a much deeper and more personal level. Level, um, And again, it's not just about getting the job done, but it's, it's how do you do that? How do you provide, um, you know, a good, you know, I'd say long-term growth for your employees? How do you build truly a community that's driven around a purpose that, that you believe in? Um, I think that's that's been the, the fundamental, I'd say, takeaway for me so far is just a leader leadership perspective i'm curious about your learning team uh they came up uh you know obviously as part of part of our discussion here and um how do how are they helping you through the program or manage the work of the program what's what's your approach as a team yeah so it's interesting you know the first week on grounds everyone's excited you don't really know what to do and you have you dig into every case and you get into all the details um, and I think that's probably the goal of that first week is just to show you that, that you can't do that. It's not sustainable because at, at the end of the week, everyone's just exhausted, right? They're up all night because it's just a full program for six days straight. Um, and now what that really, I think, teaches you or what you learn from that is you have to leverage others, right? And, I, and that's the same thing at work. And as, as a leader, you can't know everything. So how do you make sure that you are really relying on, the, on your team um, to kind of carry their fair or their share of the load and you have to trust them. Um, so with the learning team, it, it's the same approach, right? We, we split up the casework. Each person is responsible for doing some detailed, um, you know, review notes, calculations, whatever the case may call for and, um, you know, providing and sharing those notes. And then what we do is we typically meet, you know, once a week or if we're going on grounds, it might be twice, uh, before we go on. And each person kind of does a readout of their case. And that way, you know, going in, you know, I actually don't read any of their cases beforehand. I wait for them to give me the summary. Um, and then from there, it's, you know, I can gauge how much time do I actually need to spend. Again, it's you, you can't do everything. If you do, you're going to get burned out and other areas of your life are going to suffer. So utilizing the learning team has been absolutely key. Um, and now what's been interesting is, you know, the majority of my learning team this quarter is actually off on their global residency in China. Um, so I was able to pick up another learning team out of the, the Charlottesville co co cohort. And what's been nice is just having that opportunity to get to know, you know, some others in a more intimate setting. Again, the learning teams are, that's on your own time usually. And it's kind of up to you to structure it and figure out how you go about it. Um, and you really, a lot of the learning teams, it's, you know, it's gotta be fun. So you're always talking about just life and how other things are going you can't be all be all business all the time. Mm -hmm. And so the learning team is also that that outlet for you to to vent or just talk about, um, you know, anything else that's going on in life. So it's been nice. 
So uh, are you taking a similar approach with your, your new learning team here in this quarter as your, as your previous learning team in terms of dividing work? Or I'm always curious about how students set the norms for their team and team operation. I know it's early days. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's just naturally there's a lot of, as you would expect, type A personalities. And some person, people just take on the lead and organize. And, you know, I'm fine with that. So um, in my learning team this quarter, you know, someone else, they set up. The, the kind of the the date that we'd meet, you know, we had a document out there that said, here's the, the cases, you know, first come, first serve, sign up for for what you want to want to do, um, which has been a little more flexible. I'd say, you know, in my other learning team, you know, someone actually just takes the leads and assigns out the work, which is which is great, too. So um, I think the biggest thing is it's all about being flexible, right? You have to be adaptable. And again, all those types of skill sets where you might have before wanted to try to take the lead and dictate how things are done. Just, you just have to go with the flow. Um, and everyone's out for the same goal and objective, right? They want to get through the program and they want to learn. And the best way that you learn is through not necessarily the, I would say the professors or in the cases, but it's learning from the others and their experiences. So uh, what's been your favorite thing about the program so far? This is probably cliche, but it's always been, you know, the people, I mean, the, the executive program brings a diverse background of, of students from across the country, from across the world, uh, across industries. Uh, and everybody obviously has their own, you know, different experiences and different backgrounds. And they bring that perspective with them. Um, and that's been the best part of the program is having them openly share their experiences and, you know, really if you're not open about um, kind of your thoughts and your views, nobody really learns. And the environment that's created here is to have that comfort where, hey, you know, assume best intentions. We all want to learn. And so maybe you don't necessarily agree with what somebody says. Um, and some things that we, you know, topics that we discuss can get pretty, you know, controversial. Um, but again, it, it's all in the spirit of learning and each person trying to make each other better um, as, as a person. And it's not just about, you know, business. And, and you know, that's all, I think, secondary uh, and in terms of this experience that I'm getting. You know, the, the, the profits, the business, that, that's kind of secondary. What comes first is developing a good um, leadership and character and just person in general. So when you think back to when you were a prospective student, um, which probably to you feels pretty far ago, just given where you are in this process, but maybe not so long ago, um, what do you wish you would have known um, now that you're here? What what advice would you offer to someone who is in in that place of evaluating MBA programs or thinking about Darden or thinking about applying? I think it's more the advice would be you have to really know why you're coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just doing it, to, um, you know, because you want the name, you want to make more money. I I think you'll find that, yes, that's probably a good reason, but it's not really going to get you motivated to attend, you know, all the classes and and, and really try to really immerse yourself in the full potential of the program. Um, So knowing, and know this again, cliche, knowing your why, why do you do things, uh, really keeps your kind of becomes your North star. Um, because like you've mentioned, life gets chaotic, it gets busy. Um, and 
it, it can get tough and you just have to always remember what, why do you, why are you doing something? Um, and so each person just need, really needs to, I think, reflect before they, before they consider an MBA and, um, you know, really reflect and understand before they engage in the program that says, what do I want to get out of it? And I think that was one of the nicest things that we did and, and set the tone in the first week in August, but when we all met together for the first time, it was reflect on why, you're, what, what are you here for? Um, what do you want to get out of this? And it'll be interesting to go back and probably read that, that paper that we had to write to, and see, you know, how has that changed? Or maybe that, you know, has that been the same guiding light for this whole program, 21 program? Yeah, it's such an important thing when anyone embarks upon something that is uh, as challenging uh, as DART and our executive MBA program. It's important really to always remember why you came here in the first place and, and what was the impulse that led you here. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't know that, you can easily just get lost and distracted because, again, it's it's not easy, but it's so rewarding that the journey and the effort is certainly worth it. Yeah. And, and for there to be some depth to that motivation, to your point, we stress repeatedly that this is not a transactional MBA experience, right? It's designed for you, as you've noted a few times, um, to immerse in this, really kind of build as many relationships as you can, soak up as much of the experience, learn as much as you can. Um, the Darden Steen, Scott Beardsley always pushed the students to be learning oriented um, rather than outcome oriented. So it's more about what are you putting into it rather than just some transactional goal at the end. Um, because it is one of these things, case method, there's so much potential there. If you right. really take time, talk to everyone, hear their perspectives, really think about what you're reading, why you're reading it, and everything else that you're being presented in the classroom, a lot of potential. No, absolutely. It, it's been a, an incredible program. Um, you know, actually when I started, I recommended it to just says, you don't want to necessarily need it for your career. It, it's just the fact that, you know, we are a global society. Everyone's connected to, to each other. Um, you know, this is really why, you know, eye opening in terms of just understanding, I'd say the, the world and how people relate. It's not necessarily just, you know, numbers, um, balance sheets and, and profit and loss statements. It, it, it's really about fundamental, um, you know, leadership and connecting with others and, you know, emotional intelligence it is really the, the key here. Yeah. Doing this podcast for a while, I was always struck when I first started out, everyone who had graduated who was reflecting on the experience was talking about soft skills and their own self-awareness and communication and management and all these kinds of things, which, which I was surprised by initially. But when you think about career stage and what people want to do and are doing while they're doing this program, of course, it's all the leadership and management stuff. And I think that's the, you know, the, the executive format. While you could certainly go back full time, I think there's certainly a little bit of a different focus in my view in terms of, you know, the, the type of students that are being attracted to the executive format are the ones that are a little bit farther in their career. Um, and, you know, it's not necessarily the technical skills that, you know, you will get those. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's really at this point a leadership perspective um, because we're far enough in our careers where it's really about how do you uh, continue to build a team and lead an organization. And that, that's the value here. Well, Mike, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I know this is a busy weekend. So uh, thank you so much for, uh, for taking time and uh, don't let the podcast stand in the way of your uh, learning team meeting. So thank no, you so absolutely. much. Thanks, Brett. It's an honor. And those were my conversations with Josh Cortez and Mike Winston. 
two executive MBA format students in our class of 2020. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, thanks for listening.